I'm willing to take full responsibility for the horrible events of the last 24 hours, but you must understand. Our interest in their world was purely for the betterment of mankind. Everything has clearly gotten out of hand now, yes. But it was worth the risk, I assure you. checkpoints the video game book club podcast today we're starting our discussion on doom i'm your host marcus and joining me today as always are the homies first off we have dante how's it going next we have trevor what's going on and last but not least we have greg so so this is greg's game for the month of january so i'm gonna pass it off to him so he can introduce the game all right so um, I ended up picking this game just because it's kind of uh, kind of always been in my pile of shame, and I remember starting it maybe once or twice and just kind of never finishing it up. So I figured it'd be a good time to uh, try and go through it. So um, the developer for this game is uh, ID Software, and they've got a pretty big history. So I'm not going to go over everything; just kind of talk about the origin story of them, and then just kind of a pick out a few things outside of that. So, id Software is a developer that's based in Dallas, Texas, and was founded uh, February 1st, 1991 by programmers John Carmack, John Romero, uh, game designer Tom Hall, and an artist, uh, Adrian Carmack, who has no relation to John Carmack. Um, Id has developed games uh, in popular franchises such as Wolfenstein, Quake, and Doom. Uh, the founders of id met in the offices of softdisk developing multiple games for their monthly publishing um, including dangerous dave which was a game for the apple II. Um, in september of 1990 uh, john carmack uh, developed an efficient way to rapidly side scroll graphics on the pc and upon making this uh, discovery um Carmack and Tom Hall stayed up late into the night making a replica of the first level of the popular 1988 NES game, uh, Super Mario Bros. 3, inserting stock graphics uh, from John Romero's Dangerous Dave game in lieu of Mario. Uh, When Romero saw the demo entitled Dangerous Dave in copyright infringement, he realized that Carmack's breakthrough could have potential. Uh, The team would later form its software and immediately began moonlining going as far as to borrow company computers that were not being used over the weekends and at nights while they designed their own remake of Super Mario Bros. 3. Um, while, they never, while the work never materialized into anything with Nintendo, it did catch the eye of uh, Scott Miller from, I might butcher this name, uh, Apogee Software, which would later be known as 3D Realms, the uh, studio that's kind of known for Duke Nukem. Um, and he noticed their work on Dangerous Dave and contacted them under the guise of uh, fan mail sent from multiple fake addresses. Uh, the reason why was uh, Softest apparently screened letters that it received, um, and Miller and others started kind of working together with uh, Carmack and the rest of the guys, and uh, they began working on a game known as Commander Keen, which would be the first game that its software put, uh, put together, which was a very popular shareware game. 
Um, after this, they began working um, on the next kind of company-defining game, which was Wolfenstein 3D. Um, after uh, it released Wolfenstein 3D, they went on to make Doom and uh, introduce another uh, FPS franchise known as Quake. Uh, throughout their history, id has always been known for being one of the leaders in game engine tech and always create their own engine for their games. And the game that we're going to be talking about, which I guess we'll just call Doom 2016 since there's a another Doom game, it's the fourth title in the main series and was developed as a reboot. Doom was announced uh, as Doom 4 in 2008, but underwent an extensive development cycle with different builds, designs, before being restarted in 2011 and revealed as Doom in 2014. Uh, Doom was well received by critics with an average of 84 on Metacritic, and as of 2016, the game had sold about 3.2 million copies across all consoles. Um, One of the key principles in Doom's design was, I guess as a quote, they say, badass demons, big effing guns, and moving really fast. Um, which I think is a pretty good description of how this game goes. Um, there's kind of a, a thing that you notice about this game. Like as soon as you play it, it it definitely feels like something that just doesn't exist anymore. It's like a very fast paced, like super responsive game. Um, so they try not to get tied into. It feels like the de- design philosophy is just keeping the player in the action as much as possible. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of background in the uh, with the studio and the game. So I guess with that, we'll uh, kind of start the discussion. Uh, first off, I'm shook because like I had no idea that dude freaking worked on Dangerous Dave. I love that. Game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used to play that game all the time in daycare. Uh, yeah, like I was like, where do I know that game from? And then I just Google searched it, and I was like. That's like one of those games where I never knew the title of, but when I saw the screenshot, I was like, oh my god, I used to spend so many hours playing this game. So yeah, (laughs) I had no idea, Uh, and that's crazy that that's the game that basically got that guy into this industry for the most part, got him seen, because that game, I'm kissing my fingertips. I love that game. (laughs) That sounds like a parody of Duke Nukem, which is a parody of so many. Oh no, yeah. Dangerous Dave is just like a platform, like you're. Uh, it's a super simple, basic game, and you're just collecting like jewels and trophies and stuff. It's like, like, like almost like a Mario style game. I don't even know how to describe it. You should, yeah, you should play Dangerous Dave if you haven't played it. It's very simple, but it's really fun. Um. Yeah, so I guess let's start off with our introduction, our background into Doom, and uh, perhaps any other id games. Uh, so, since it's your game, Greg, uh, what's your history with uh, Doom? Um, so I've played uh, played the original Doom on PC um, a few times. I, I definitely beat it several times, but it, it's been a while since I've ever played it. I played a little bit of Doom 2. Um, i trying to think of the other id games. Played Wolfenstein back in the day. Um, Did you else? ever try Doom 64? Is Doom 64 uh, a thing or am I misremembering? No, it is. That's a thing, yeah. Okay. Just, speaking of that, I saw a... Uh, there's like a... I don't know if you guys watch Digital Foundry stuff, but there's a uh, 
uh, retro episode where they talk about every single port of Doom, which uh, is pretty cool. That's but uh, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I did play Doom 3 when it was released on original Xbox. And I think that maybe it? I might be. Oh, I played a little bit of Rage, so I never finished that, but maybe played like an hour of it. What about you, Dante? Huh. So, I don't know, like, all of it software's games, but I've played the original Doom. I've played Doom 64 at some point in my life, I'd like to say. I played this, obviously. Like, I played this pretty much when it came out. I haven't gotten to Rage, but I kind of intend to. And, um, there's one more game. Any of the Wolfenstein? Uh, the... Oh, yeah, I played Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein's 2. Well, those those aren't theirs. It's just Wolfenstein RPG and Wolfenstein 3D. Oh. Okay, so scratch those. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Rage 2, but I don't think they're all... I don't think they're doing Rage 2. It, yeah, they like, are. I thought they're giving it somebody else to do. It's, I think it's, it says it's co-developed by Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And published by. I knew Bethesda. there was something weird about the um, publishing. Um, Trevor, That's can you hear me? me? Yeah, I can hear you all now. Okay. Um, what What is your background with Doom or any id software games? So I vaguely remember um, watching some people play Doom. But I can't remember if it was Doom or Duke Nukem. Um, like the original one. Gotcha. Um, but I've wanted to play Doom for a while. Um, I've played Wolfenstein, uh, The New Order. Um, I never finished it, but that's about it. <laughs> um, well, I was telling Greg beforehand, I, I don't have any personal background with Doom. Uh, one of my good friends and neighbors when I was in high school was a really big Doom fan. So I was telling Greg like how Doom is one of those games, it's like Tetris, Doom, and Resident Evil 4 that are like on every single console ever made. And that friend of mine is basically like he, he's there for all the Doom for every single console, so he he's, has it like on every single console that he ever owns, and so I remember him being really excited when they brought it over to 360, and I remember when Doom 3 came out on original Xbox, and him really hype about it and playing it, and even though it was different, he still did like it, and I do remember watching him play it, and I was like, I mean, it's a spooky game, and I was like, uh, I don't want no parts of this, so that kind of turned me off of Doom, even though that game is so wildly different than Doom 1 and 2, and um, I didn't know what to expect coming into this game, uh, having not played not only any Dooms, but I looked in at their list of games, and I don't think I've played any id games uh, either, besides the Dangerous Dave. <laughs> so, that's the only game of theirs I've played, so this was, this was fresh for me. Like, I'm and I, I guess I'm assuming we've all seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, multiple yeah, that times. Was, that was the <laughs> other experience I've had. Uh, You've never seen the Doom movie, Dante? 
Bro, you know me in movies. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, it's it's a it's a bad good video game movie. <laughs> I remember it being discussed a lot in video game podcasts. When, it's um, yeah. I know there's a first person scene, which is awesome. BFG, um, the Rock. <laughs> the Rock, yes. Smaller Rock. <laughs> this was like fresh off of WWF, wasn't it? I think this was like when he was starting to be like a. I think like this was when I was in high school. I feel like, and I'm trying to think of the movies that had come out was like Walking Tall. I think that's one of his movies, and Be Cool, and this movie, The Rundown, or something The Rundown. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, or Trevor? Rundown was my movie. The Rundown. <laughs> I watched that movie recently, not recently, within the past five years, and I was like. I'm not mad that this is the movie that got him seen, but I didn't really care for it. I didn't really care for it. I, I like a lot of the stuff that he put out after that. Um, and I, I take that back. This was before I was in high school. This was like, it's a, the rundown 2003. So that was, yeah, I guess that when did the Doom movie come out then? I felt like it was oh, 2004? 05. Maybe? 05. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I dug the movie. I mean, I having no uh, nostalgia or anything, but I, I think it's not a great movie. But you know, it's it, okay it, for what it is. Yeah, and like Dante said, that that first person scene, I, I like that. <laughs> As somebody who saw that in the movies, I I'm a lot of people had no idea what the hell was going on when that when that happened. Hey, I was I was here for it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into. There's one more thing What's I think up? that's worth mentioning. Um, so this isn't a game by ID, but it is a game on ID Tech One, according to my sources. But um, anybody here play Chex Quest? Man, that sounds super familiar. And I think that was the okay. So that was packaged with like checks at the time, right? Yes, like, it was. Okay, I I I did play it, but I can't remember much about it. My buddy had it at his house, and pretty much it's a Doom-like slash Doom clone where you play as a man covered in checks armor, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it's described as a non-violent version of Doom. So I just oh, wow. want to throw that out there for <laughs> anybody that remembers that game. Checks. That's a little bit of a deep cut. Jeez. Video games are so weird. <laughs> Man. Like, if I remember, it only had, like, a few levels. It wasn't super long. and Oh, it was terrible <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> All right. Well, well I digress. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into this, this game. So, um, huh, I always feel weird, like, getting into a game. Like, I always feel like, well, how do we want to talk about this thing? So, um... How does the game open up? I think it so the game opens up and like I think you your character is tied up, right? Yeah, he was originally like in a tomb or something like that, and you're kind of just tied to the table at that time. About to be killed by some demons or something. Yeah, and you end up breaking free and you find your I think it's Praetor suit. And you basically are trying to figure out what's going on. 
and I think the game starts to introduce like the the mechanics to it. So, um, but from the jump, you you you're seeing this first person, but it's like a like a cutscene, but it's first person, I guess. And you break free, you pick up a gun, and you have to take out the enemies around you. And from the jump, like. I like it was so fast. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> well, it took me some time to get used to. Uh, it took me some time too, but for different reasons. But I had some technical issues that Dante helped me uh, address, and that drastically, drastically increased my. Uh, uh, like, fe- long story short, his computer went from being like let's say Yamcha level to like Super Saiyan Goku level. Sure, <laughs> he, man. He literally had the HDMI port. It, this is very technical, but I'm sure like anybody that's built a PC will know what I'm talking about. He had the HDMI port going to his motherboard rather than the graphics card. Right. So like none of the graphics card stuff was getting used at all. And it's hold been like on, that for on, like a on. year and a half. Hold, really? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Is that like really like uh, incredulous? Like I can't believe you did that. Or yeah, like... most people would have noticed. Okay, so here's how, how did that even happen? Is In there defense, even a port for it? Yeah, there's two. I mean, I have two HDMI ports on the back of my computer, and little did I know, I chose the wrong one for the past year and a half. Well, usually when you install a GPU, it disables the onboard video. I mean, at least in the 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 ones that I've used. Uh... His cards like. Not old, but it's slightly older, and I don't think they like standardized that at the time. Because uh, okay. I kind of ran into that the first time I built that PC, because it's a little bit of a hand-me-down of a PC that I built. Yeah. And I kind of ran into that issue, but I noticed it pretty quickly. So, here, check this out, guys. This is my in, in my defense. So, I've basically, I needed a PC for gaming. That, that was the whole purpose of getting a PC, and I appreciate Dante making it for me uh, on a budget. That was a gift. And I've only really used the PC for the most part for games that we play for the show. And so I used it for Transistor. I used it for um, this game. And I used it for... Shoot. Evil Within. Evil Within. Right? So, The Evil Within, I, well, let me go back. Transistor, the graphics aren't really, like, fast-paced or anything like that, so it didn't, like, affect my gameplay, so I didn't notice it. Another game that I played a ton of, Into the Breach, not really a graphic-intensive game, so I didn't notice it for that game. For The Evil Within, the game is really slow, and the one thing that I noticed was, like, it really, really chugs when I'm playing full screen. So I was playing the... I ended up bringing the resolution down and playing it in windowed mode. But I didn't play... We were talking... One, we were talking single digits. He he was messaging me being like, man, like, I'm in the, like, 100s and... No, I, I said three di- I said three digits. Three digits. Yeah, so, you know, like, normally you're, like, what, 1960 by whatever i would drop down to 90 by 720 or 900 by 720 or something like that so i would drop down to whatever the lowest setting is 
and play in windowed mode on my PC, and that would alleviate the computer going really slow, and so I could play the game at normal speed. And I didn't know that that was the reason why. Because, like, for Evil Within, I played maybe three hours of Evil Within. And, like, I was already kind of, like, on edge just playing that game anyways. So it wasn't that big of a deal, and I didn't really get too far into it. But when I started playing Doom, and I'm like, shoot, I can't aim. Um, and the game is just chugging, like, like the audio would happen and it wasn't in sync with what was happening on screen. And I'm like, damn, why is this game (laughs) chugging? And then it was just like, I'm getting the same exact vibes that I was getting from the evil within, even though I knew it was a completely different game. And I was like, Oh, there must be something wrong with the settings or something that I'm doing with the game. So let me hit up Dante and ask him what's going on. And then he troubleshooted and he was basically like, Oh, actually I said all these things, but, Make sure you have it plugged in the right HDMI for You might have it plugged into your, uh, what you said, motherboard or? Yeah, motherboard. Instead of my GPU. And I so I went home, and I didn't even get to do it that day because I was busy. So I did it the next day, and I messaged him at 10 o'clock, and I was like, hey, man, I appreciate, you know, like, that was it. <laughs> That's crazy. It was, it was so funny because um, when I played Doom 2016 originally, I was using that GPU, and then he's like, man, I'm in, like, 900 by 600 or whatever, and I'm like, I know I was able to run that 1080p on, like, high, if not ultra, what is going on? <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad we, you know, figured it out. So, yeah, I was able to see how fast this game actually is, and holy crap, this game is really fast, guys, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of one of the the biggest first impressions is just like, you know, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's just there's not any shooters that like move that fast anymore. Like even something that would have been considered fast, like uh, like a Modern Warfare or something like that, even that game is slow in comparison to this. Like Titanfall is when like first person shooters really started amping up speed, but yeah. I don't remember it being nearly as fast as this. What do you mean, like amping up? Because our games are. First-person shooters fast now because of Titanfall, or was it just like a one-off thing? Like Titanfall and Destiny are like really fast compared to Call of Duty that came out before the first Titanfall game. I, well, I'm not, I'm not hating. I don't have any dog in the race, but is Destiny any different speed than Halo? That seems no, about the same, maybe. Titanfall is kind of like an exception. It's imagine like Call of Duty. Well, I'm at Destiny. I'm at Destiny. Sprint. Yeah, I, I get you. I don't know, Destiny's pretty fast. I was just asking it's if it's... Halo speed. Yeah, I was just asking if it's fast compared to everything else, or if it... Because, like, okay, so me and Greg were talking about it while we were waiting for you guys beforehand, and, like, I can't think of, like, the fastest shooter, I like, fastest playing game that I had played prior to this, as far as, like, a shooter, first-person shooter, was probably, like, Left 4 Dead. And I always feel like Left 4 Dead, like, a lot of people, when they first played it, it was, like, a, um adjustment they had to make. Because I remember a lot of times when we played in college and people that played first-person shooters but not necessarily Left 4 Dead would say, it feels like I'm on ice skates or I'm rollerblading or whatever. And, I mean, a lot of those other games, the Call of Duties, the Gears of Wars, they have Sprint in them. And, like, this game, Left 4 Dead, didn't have Sprint in it. And, like, even Halo, they ended up adding, they ended up, 
Call of Dutifying the the series, um, and I think it still plays for the most part the same speed depending on which version you play, whether it's the older trilogy or the newer trilogy. Um, they're they're about the same speed, which feels like console shooter speed and not necessarily like I, I think this game feels like a PC shooter and like the older PC shooters. Um, I'm, I'm mostly talking uh, I, Quake. The genre is arena shooter. Yeah, okay, yeah. Know. Quake and um, Unreal Tournament because uh, I, I was a big Unreal Tournament player uh, 2013 and 12. I played those a lot on my PC and those games are fast and I think that Left for Dead probably because it has the because uh, Valve has that PC pedigree, I feel like that was built more in the lines of those style of games, the PC shooters, arena shooters, so they're a lot faster than console shooters, which are a lot slower and more deliberate. Even though they're still fast, they're not as fast, if that makes any sense. And it could also be a, um, you know, a result of... Um... Like the environment being smaller too, because um, like this game is like really closed in, so you don't have to take too many steps in order to get from one side of the room to the other. Whereas uh, a lot of other games are, are I guess, more open world. Um, uh, what? I feel like this what? Can be pretty, pretty <laughs> I feel like open the, I feel the opposite, Trevor. I really? feel like yeah. Well, it starts out early. Like some of the areas are a little enclosed, but like the further you get into the game, they definitely have some encounters and some wide open spaces. I mean, like, like some really big platforming. Stuff yeah, like I, I feel like this game basically to uh, basically take the term Dante used. I feel like this game you're basically going from arena to arena. Yeah, and, you know, like you go, you fight a wave of enemies in this. It's it is a contained space, but you're never like, for the most part, you're never like prohibited from going back further out of this area, and uh, enemies are spawning all over in different areas, and um, you take them out, and then you go through a couple corridors, corridors, do a little story beats, or get some ammo, some life, and whatever, and then you go back to another arena and. I feel like that is basically the formula for this game, and but and I I feel like the combat aspect of this is pretty pretty open and it takes place in a lot of open environments. I don't ever feel closed off. In like, I guess a lot of my viewpoints from this game kind of in, like they started with Brad Shoemaker from Giant Bomb. He is probably like the biggest fanboy slash proponent of this game. So John just, Carmack and he, <laughs> Romero, though, huh? too. He's also just, like, the biggest fan of John uh, Carmack and Romero, too. Uh, very true. But, like, during the Game of the Year 2016 deliberations where he was, like, fighting for it, like, so much of the stuff he said made so much sense about this being, like, it's a first-person violence game is how I think he described it. And you're just jumping from one kill to the next, trying to... It's almost like Bulletstorm, but if Bulletstorm was good, um, where you're just jumping from enemy to enemy and just getting into this rhythm, this flow, kind of like dancing your way across this map because you have to do these melee kills to get health. You have to do everything fast to keep your, like, you know, just keep the momentum going. 
So I think the level design goes back into that where everything's kind of spaced off, but you have to kind of Tony Hawk your way through a level, if that makes any sense, like chain your moves from one point to another and kind of just plot things out as they go. And and even to add to that, like the AI of this game, they're just super active. Nobody's just standing in one spot waiting on you to really shoot them. Everybody's just kind of moving around. I mean, you do have some variations on that. You have some enemies that don't move that much or a little bit slower, but um, for the most part, man, all the enemies are, like, very active as far as either engaging you or trying to get away from you to try and, like, maybe get a better shot, you know. And Yeah, uh, I've found, um, like, I've never had to look for enemies on a level. Like, you see some type of movement, even when there's, like, lava or something flowing in, in the background. It's a lot easy, or it's it's easy to see enemies moving somewhere, some type of animation going on. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they, well, one, Bulletstorm is good, and then two, um, <laughs> I feel like the enemies do a good job of tracking where you're at, and they, depending on the enemy type you're fighting, they will be in whatever position they need to be at whatever range in order to attack you, and, um... I, I don't know, like, I, I really, the combat in this game is, like, it, it's so good. I, I don't, like, and kind of what Dante was saying, it's, it, you're, there's not a combo system, but I 100% understand and get what he's trying to say when he's saying you're basically chaining your kills together and keeping momentum. Like, you're not necessarily rewarded for, like, oh, you killed two enemies or three enemies, that's a double kill, triple kill, nothing like that, but, like, it just like you just want to take out enemies super fastly, you know, super fast, and just like clear the room. And like, it's it, it even like some of the sometimes there's a a random power up in the room when you get into it, and it's like once you pick it up, you're in a heightened state. And I think some of the ones that they've had that I've seen is like I think it's like brutal, which is like a purple power up that you pick up. And then, like, you basically punch enemies, and you, like, throw your guns to the side, and you're just punching enemies, and you're super strong in that state. And then they have another one that does, like, quad damage, so it does four times the damage with your guns, so you can just take out so many enemies uh, really quickly. And then there's haste, which lets you just shoot a lot faster and move even faster. And, like, these all work on, like, a, a meter, I guess you could say. So, like, you have, like... 10 or 15 seconds in this heightened state and it's like you need to like kill and clear out as many of these enemies as you can while you're in this heightened state and like even when you don't go I found myself playing that way even when there wasn't that power up in a arena or room I was still playing with that mindset of like I need like and it was like the game doesn't force you to play that way but the game just feels so good to play that way yeah, I totally agree. Mechanically, it's just such a sound game overall. Like, having a non-regenerative, like, health system in a game would normally be seen as, like, antiquated and unnecessary. But they tie it into the melee system where the only way to... or not the only way. But the primary way of getting your health back is performing these glory kills on the enemies... And by doing that, they'll drop health and ammunition and stuff like that. 
So not only did they make make the health system viable, they also encouraged a mechanic that goes under-delivered in most first-person shooters, the melee, and made that a primary thing that you have to do. And kind of piggybacking off what he was saying, it's just like you basically um, damage an enemy to a certain extent where they're not all the way dead, but they're very weakened, and they start glowing and once they start glowing, you can run up to them or whatever and perform perform a melee attack. And it's like a special takedown, depending on like what position they're in, where you are, and you know, comparison to them. If you're above them, behind them, whatever. And like you do like a very gory, brutal like takedown of like you can rip somebody's head off, like rip their jaw from their face, rip off an arm, rip off a horn and stab them with it. Like, there's so many just different gory but, like, super satisfying ways of taking people out. And it's not just gore for gore's sake. Like like he said, like, you are essentially rewarded with bonus ammo and or bonus health um, to because you're, you're not regenerating your, your health. And like I think another really, really smart thing they do to, to ensure that you're always on the move is not only do they not have, like, there's not really, like, a lot of barriers or walls to, like, crouch behind or get down behind, but they spread a lot of the uh, ammo packs and health packs and um, uh, armor packs around the level. So I think that also promotes, like, you constantly being on the run. And then even on top of that, I feel like the designers did a amazing job of, like, making sure you could never, like, box yourself into an area. Like, everything is super free-flowing, and there's, like, multiple ways to get to a certain spot on the map. So, like, you can be like, oh, I want to... Because there's so many times where I'm playing this game, and I just turn a corner, and there's these three bad guys or, like, big, like, the the... Uh, hulking style enemies that are really big and you know like oh I don't want to fight all three at once I want to fight them one at a time and like you really can't do that so a lot of times I found myself just running doing a little bit of damage and just keep on running let them chase me a little bit and I you know uh, pick at them a little bit a little bit and just reposition and I'm constantly moving around the map getting chased and I feel like the game rewards that play style even with spreading ammo and stuff down uh ammo and health packs and armor around the map so it promotes you that play style as well in a lot of the exploration and i don't know I, there's not enough i can say about how enjoyable i feel the combat is in this game yeah and, and like not to, to like stay on the the melee thing too much but like it's still super amazing to me that like something that can be as that can take you out of the experience like uh which is essentially like a quick time event almost but like you know something that can take you out of the experience experience like that but this game finds a way to make it where it's not super like uh, you know intrusive i guess like it never feels like it's so it never feels too repetitive uh it's tied to the gameplay and like it doesn't take too long and there's like enough variation to it that you don't get tired of seeing it over and over and over again, which I think is like like a really like big thing that this game does super well. And it's insane yeah, to think that shot. that's 
<laughs> it's insane to think they included the, the the chainsaw as well as another yeah. like a a special way uh uh, melee where you you have a chainsaw that you can also equip and that takes down enemies but that's tied to a fuel uh mechanic so like i think i think you start off with four bars of fuel and depending on the i guess the strength or the value of the enemy that you take down will determine how much of your fuel you use and uh that's also like that's a little bit more um uh, specialty use item because of this fuel mechanic and but the reward for using it is a lot greater because you get a super huge surplus of ammo when you do the chainsaw takedowns which I mean I've played half of this game already and I've I've gotten a decent amount of uh, ch- uh, chainsaw kills but I was just thinking like holy crap like just sitting here now thinking about it, I was like, there are so many situations where if I were to use the chainsaw at this point later on, I would have had way more ammo going into the next encounter or whatever, which uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel uh, the uh, <laughs> not having as much ammo, at least the, the, the parts of the, the game I'm at now, it's starting to hurt me a little bit. Um, what What difficulty is everybody playing on? I know I'm playing on whatever the default is, which is like I forget the name now. It's basically normal. Uh so I yeah, I pulled it up. So there's I think we start off with you start off with four difficulties from the jump, but there's five in the game. So they're easy is um I'm too young to die. And then their normal is hey, not too rough. They're uh I guess or I'm sorry, they, this is what they call it, uh I'm too young to die is baby. Hey, not too rough is easy. Hurt me plenty is medium. Ultra violence is hard, and nightmare is their ultra hard. Uh, no, 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 that's not right. That's not right. That's for an older Doom game. Um, I was gonna say that sounded right. No, I, I got it pulled up, and um, for Doom 2016, it's I'm too young to die is the first one. Hurt Me Plenty is, um, I guess, the normal. Ultraviolence, Nightmare, and then they have Ultra Nightmare, which is the same as Nightmare, but if the player dies, the game is over. Saving possible only after the end of levels. So, um, just disclosure, I played this early last year, so I haven't actually started a new run, but I think I'm going to actually do that before the next um, podcast. But I'm pretty sure I went through on ultraviolence. That's what I'm playing on right now. And I had no idea about the saving. I didn't know you could only save at the end of the level. <laughs> cool. Well, that's for Ultra Nightmare. Oh, wait. You can... Is there, like, a save point? You get checkpoints, though. Like, I mean, it oh, basically saves at a checkpoint. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay, because, I, yeah, I just play out a level, and then I save and quit. So... That's how I've been playing it. So I didn't. I thought you were saying there's like a save spots in the in the game. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um, so what are you playing on, Greg? Hurt me, um, hurt me plenty. Yeah. And then what about you, Trevor? Yeah, same. Hurt me plenty. Okay, I've been playing on uh, ultra ultra violence, and um, I uh, I don't know how you guys feel, 
but uh, we we played the first seven um, missions of this game. There's uh, 13 missions in the game, and so we decided for this first part we'll play the first seven. And I feel like um, the game difficulty really ramped up for me in the in the last two or three missions, where I was dying a lot more. Uh, not for the most part, I didn't feel like they were cheap deaths. I think it was mostly when they started introducing, um, more and more, uh, especially when you get to hell, they, they introduce, I want to say like three new enemies in hell. And then the next level after that, they introduced like two more enemies. And it was mostly like, mostly for me, it was like getting overwhelmed by like, oh, I don't really know how the, how to deal with these enemies. And then uh, I would die, and then I was having issues with the checkpointing in the game, um, uh, where the the I, I can't stress enough the combat in this game I absolutely love, but it's the non-combat stuff that's like kind of pulling the game back a little bit for me. So like, not that I dislike the game, but it's the thing that's like keeping me from being like all the way in on this game. Um, I don't know, uh, maybe you might, if you have the same issues, Trevor, because you like open-worldy style games, but have you done any of this, like, collectible stuff? Um, a little bit, but it's just like when I notice there is, like, a a path off to the side, mm-hmm. I'll try to figure out, like, after taking down all the enemies, I'll try to figure out how to climb up to, you know, ledges that look like are, are reachable. I think there's like a few times I guess I guess I get what you're trying to say a little bit Mark like there's a couple times where you'll be in an environment and you're not entirely sure where you have to go yeah that's that's a main thing for me that's a major thing for me I haven't had that problem I think oh go ahead I was gonna say like the thing for me is so they have like a waypoint and it's like uh, I don't know what you call it the 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 dial at the top of your your hood, which basically um, when you what do you call that style of some map of some sort? Whatever you Are call. Are you talking about how it's multi-tiered? N- no, I'm talking about so like when you're in your normal HUD and you're turning and you can kind of see. Oh, like the compass or whatever? yeah, the little compass thing, whatever that is, right? So yeah, when you're facing distance. in the say say that again, Trevor. It shows distance. Yeah, and it shows how far you are from something, but it doesn't tell you if you're on the same level as something. And so, like, well, the thing that I, I like and dislike about this game is I really, really enjoy the exploration of this game and, like, how they're, they've almost, to an extent, added platforming to this game because there's just a lot of, like, jumping and climbing uh, cliffs and dropping down into, like valleys and stuff like that to find collectibles i really really like that aspect of this game because it's not something that i would normally see in a shooter i feel like it's not something that's super common the way they do it in this game you're literally pulling yourself up a ledge or whatever and i really like that about this game but it's uh drives me crazy because i'm a i try to be a completionist and i could not figure out the map because it's multi-tiered like Dante said so like when you look at the map you can see like 
the plane you're on, and then you can see a plane above you or a plane below you. And for the most part, um, it, it just took me a lot longer than I wish it. I, I, I wish it would have to figure out how to use that, and it gets super, super convoluted when you've explored a large portion of the map to try to backtrack to a spot that you've already been to. So, like, it is a very open game and you're able to do it, but it's very intimidating because, like, viewing the map, just the way you scroll it, it's just so unintuitive to uh, to me. And it may be just a Marcus problem, but so be it. Like, it's it's... I can't fully get behind it, and as far as getting lost, I just feel like um, I'm. For me, it's mostly like I'm having a difficult time kind of tracking the story all the way, and something about going from arena to corridor, 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 arena, corridor, corridor, and like I just feel like I get into a mindset where I just need to kill things. And so I just completely disregard story beats. So it's been where, like, <laughs> I think that level where you have to turn off, like, the three different, um, uh, the lady is opening up the portal to hell for the Argent Tower, and you need to, like, destroy those three valves. I completely missed the first two valves on my way to the third one because, like, it just was off to the side. And I always I think get... there was an order to them. Well, you don't have to do them in order, but yeah. Well, I completely missed the first two, so I killed the arena that's the closest to them, and then it's like you have like three options of ways you can go, and I went one way, it was a dead end, got a collectible, and then I went the second way, which was the led me to the next arena, and I completely forget to go back to go to the third way. So that it's almost like there's so many options of paths that I can go that I get sidetracked and forget about my main objective and I guess maybe that's what I mean when I'm getting lost where it's just like it's so I enjoy the combat so much I guess maybe this is uh, this is a, this is my spin I enjoy the combat so much that I don't want to do the story stuff how about that <laughs> so one thing I will say and this isn't really like an excuse per se but I do think they were going for the um classic vibe for the Doom games where it was a little exploratory about like, hey, I need this key and I don't exactly know where it is, but I kind of know where it is so let me find the key here so I can open this door over here and then like kind of, I don't want to say it's completely like a Metroidvania but it has elements of a Metroidvania and part of how it makes it um, I guess complex is obfuscating the um, map a little bit, if that makes any sense. Yeah, there's like terminals where you go to to uh, further download parts of the map, and it's very uh, yeah, like you said, it's dead it's dead cells esque, um, where you will clear out an arena and you'll get to a door that's like color court uh, color coded, and it's like oh, you need a orange pass key or you need a yellow something in order to get through to that part so then you have to backtrack and go to a different way and get whatever the item is and then you go back to that original arena and maybe there's some enemies that started that respawned in there or maybe like 
you just open the door and you access another arena or something like that. So there is a little bit of backtracking that's uh, um, not even artificially added, but just backtracking that is necessary in that game in order to progress sometimes. But I, I just noticed, like, I don't know if these last two levels that we played were just more open than the previous levels because you were outside, like you were in hell and you were in the destroyed Argent facility or Argent Tower. But I just know that those two levels, um, I had a difficult time. And especially with the one, because there was one collectible that I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get to it. I could not figure out how to get to it, but I was like trying to get to it. And I couldn't figure out how to get to it. So I was like, all right, let me just progress the story. And I was uh, running really low on ammo. So I ran back to a previous arena to pick up some ammo and then go to the, 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 the next arena I had to fight at. And then I would just get completely wiped. And then my checkpoint was when I died, I started way back when I was looking for that first thing. So like I had to replay and it's like an insignificant amount of time in the grand scheme of things, but it was very annoying to have to, okay, I need to go back to this previous arena, pick up ammo then I need to run all the way back to where I was at and go to the first, the, the next arena to fight these enemies. And I probably played that section maybe five or six times that I died in the, that arena and I had to keep replaying like a five minute chunk of game over and over again because the checkpoint was so far back. And that was my own fault because I missed the, I was looking for that collectible, but just the way they checkpointed me was really funky. And it kind of like, that was the first time I had that happen to that extent where I've had some funky checkpointing where it's like, dang, I wish I could have checkpointed to right before like, some of the checkpoints I've had where it's like you die in this arena and then when you respawn, you basically respawn in the hallway right before the arena. But in this particular instance, in a couple, maybe one or two other instances, it was like, no, you respawn like, I don't know, five minutes back. You And like it, it was just kind of really weird and kind of took me out because it was like, crap, I got to fight these new enemies that I haven't fought again. But I got to do all, I got to pick up this ammo so I have enough ammo to fight them and all this stuff. So it, it, that was that was a frustrating thing for me in this game. But I'm, I'm assuming I'm the only one that had anything like that since you guys were playing on a... I was about uh, to say, it may have to do with the difficulty. You're yeah, playing. yeah, and that was the other thing too where... I, and this, this was another thing that I wanted to ask you guys since you guys were playing on the easier or, or the previous difficulty... For me, especially with Hell, um, Hell and On, it's like you fight like the different waves of enemies, and it gets they get, I guess the 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 more elite enemies as you get further and further in the wave, and by the end of Hell, and definitely starting on level seven, I felt like I was almost always really low on ammo. And like I, this was the first game, and I and I appreciate it, and I love this about this game, and this is another reason. This was the first game where I literally have used every single gun of mine in oh, an yeah. arena, and yeah, I've definitely. never played a game like that before, where like you know you have like eight or nine weapons, but you end up usually having your go-to three to five weapons. I literally in like some arenas used every single weapon. It feels like they're all balanced, like they actually do damage and it's not necessarily like 
this weapon is only good against these specific types of enemies. Um, but it's, I guess, more situational. But it literally feels like the weapons like are all just good to use in, in most scenarios. Yeah, they, they, they do feel like they all generally serve a purpose. Um, and the only weapon I feel like that's a little weak at this point in the game is just maybe the pistol, but yeah. like, I mean, I guess deservedly so, right? Like it's the starting weapon shouldn't be that powerful, but outside of that, everything else is like super, you know, everything else you're probably going to use in the middle well, of combat. Yeah. I'd say even the pistol from what I remember, like the other thing we haven't really mentioned is there's this giant, um, hierarchical, um, upgrade system for the weapons, so essentially you kind of spec your weapon to what you want it to do. You customize it to and your playstyle almost. Yeah, you can customize it to your playstyle, and I think the pistol has one that has to deal with, like, headshot damage or something, if I recall. And, um... Well, I know the rockets have a lot of, like, you can either fire a lot of rockets or, like, do a lock-on type of system. So... Even if you don't think a weapon is for you per se, there's an upgrade path for it that will probably suit your playstyle. And when I first started playing, I thought the pistol was weak because um, I wasn't using it correctly. Because you're supposed to charge it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's actually a perk that you can buy that decreases the charge time for yep. it, which helps it out a lot. The the other thing too with the pistol that. Uh, we are over not selling is that it, it's the only weapon you have that has unlimited ammo. So, yeah. work push comes to shove and you're out of ammo, you still have the pistol. And be, like you said, with that charge shot upgrade, it becomes formidable in some situations. So like that, that was uh, at the earlier um, difficulty, or earlier difficulties, earlier levels, that was always like my secondary weapon i guess it, it, it's kind of so the way they have the guns in this game is i think at the point we're at we have all nine weapons i think it's nine eight or nine and they're on a radial wheel so you have to hold down the um switch weapon button in order to pull up the radial wheel and the game is still going it's just kind of slowed down for a little bit um but so you can basically easy switch between two weapons but then in order to switch to a different weapon, you have to pull up that, that, that um, toggle, or that, I'm sorry, that radio wheel. So I was always having as my backup weapon my pistol, just in case I got into a sticky situation. And then they were I always felt the pistol was really good at taking out the, um, the really basic enemies and the, um, the, the first two tier of enemies. And I would usually save my shotgun and assault rifle style weapons for the the later weapon or later enemies, and yeah, Trevor. And another thing, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna really quickly say another thing about like the different tiers of enemies. It it makes you think about things that you normally wouldn't think about in a shooter. So it's like, oh well, I can get health back from this guy real quick, and um, maybe I fight this guy over here, and then I go back get some of my health. So I'm, you know since I'm capped right now, I can take a little bit of damage, kill him, then do some more stuff. And just the way they make you think about encounters and, like, use everything and consider everything in the arena. 
I think is impressive. Like this game jumps from being a platformer to a shooter to a puzzle game um, because like what Dante was saying, like one of the things that I noticed because I was dying and I was replaying arenas, um, I would approach it differently based off of, okay, I know if I clear this first wave of enemies, then this one is going to come up in this one. So I switched up my strategy and the order of weapons that I was using. So I ensured I had like my favorite gun or this gun that are, that was really effective for the more difficult enemies. And if there was a power up in that arena, I would usually try to save it for when I was down to the final elite enemies, because those ones took the most amount of, uh, damage and usually I was like oh I'm really close to you know exhausting all my ammo so if I use this little power up I can take out the rest of these enemies really quickly um, and that that was a lot of trial and error so that was like the one good thing about I guess dying was it's like okay I get another shot at going through this arena and this now making a personal challenge to myself to try to conserve as much ammo as I can or use my ammo strategically so I can take out this because I'm always like one of the things that I, I noticed I don't know if it's deliberate and t- um, or if it's just me my mind playing tricks on me but I felt like I went into every arena um, with full ammo and I left every arena with full ammo because there was so much ammo littered around the arena or you would find it in the corridors afterwards. But I felt like as the game progressed and they, they started throwing more advanced slash elite enemies at you, not only did they take more ammo, but they started putting less ammo in the arena and there was less ammo for you. Like Because you're using more ammo, you don't replenish it all in the corridors, so you're starting at a deficit when you get into the next arena. Well, at least for me, that's how I felt. So I was, you know, before I was going into any every arena full ammo, but now I'm going in, like, I'm already starting at, you know, down 10 shotgun shells already from the jump, or, you know, down 50 assault rifle bullets already from the jump. So it kind of forced me that was another thing that forced me to kind of play with all the weapons and uh, forced me to, like, I usually don't use heavy weapons when I play these types of games. I kind of just stick with the default, like, shotgun, assault rifle style weapons. But this game, I like, oh, if I see this enemy, I'm going straight for the, you know, the rocket launcher because I can take this enemy down in four shots. Or if I see this enemy, I'm switching to the shotgun and doing my alt fire because one of those will take the enemy out. Or if it doesn't take them out, it lets me do a glory kill on them so I can get some life back. So, like, I started going into every single uh, arena with, like, okay, if I see this enemy, I'm going to this weapon bam, taking them out, and, like, this is how I'm going to get my life back if I get low. I see some armor over there. Let me go ahead and pick up this armor while I see these enemies because I know once I kill those enemies, then I'm going to see the next higher, the ones that chase you uh, quicker, more effectively, and I need I need to have this ammo or this armor before they show up versus after, you know, and I, every every single combat arena became a puzzle, and I think that's, like, the best thing I can say, and, like, again, that's the best thing I can say about this game is that I kept wanting to be in combat because that was, was like the rush in this game and it was so fun to play. So one other thing that um, we normally do but we forgot to do this time was what console is everybody playing on or what you know system? No. Uh, so I'm playing on Xbox One X. Um, 
I have it on PC, but just because I kind of wanted to play it in 4K. Um, and I think they did come out with the 4K patch on it like a few months back. So figured I'd try it out on that. I'm playing on PC. I'm on Xbox One thanks to Game Pass. Okay, so I know they're obviously using a controller, but Marcus, are you? Yeah, I'm using a controller as well. I'm playing in big picture mode. Okay, I was just curious. I thought about not. I went through on. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just saying I went through with um, keyboard and mouse, so I was very curious to. How is that? See if there was any difference. Um, from what I remember, it was a lot of fun. Normally, um, I'm not the most adept at keyboard and mouse, just because that's not how I grew up playing games. But I was able to make it through, and I played it on hard and had a lot of fun. So, do you use the number pad to switch your weapons, or? Can you switch to a specific weapon, or is it still like a dial wheel? You know, in most games, I normally just end up resorting to the scroll wheel to switch through, like, however many weapons I have. But I think in this one, this game is so intense, I actually did, like, have the number pad memorized to the point where it's like, okay, one's my pistol, two's shotgun, okay, so-and-so's rocket. So I think the game actually kind of forced me to... To learn that. You know, <laughs> Exactly. Okay, you you probably had the same situation I was having. Not like same uh, play as I had, where it's like, okay, like I see this enemy, I need to I need to switch to this weapon because that's going to conserve the most ammo, right? Yeah, there's a lot of situations with that. Like some enemies, you just can't get a good shot at with certain weapons. Like, have you guys gotten to like the floaty head enemies yet? Yeah, yeah. The the which ones? The the big ones or the ones that like. Uh, charge you. I think they're pretty big. Okay, because there's the, there's a blimp-looking one, and then there's the the fire demon heads that just. I think it's the fire demon head, actually. Okay. Okay. About. Yeah. But I remember there was certain situations where that enemy specifically gave me a lot of problems, so I just had to make sure I had the right weapon out and I had a good viewpoint, vantage point to take them out and stuff like that. I feel that way about the other ones, the the big blimpy ones. Those things seem like they take so much bullets, and if they get close to you, they one-shot you. And I've been one-shot a couple times where, like, um, one of the things that I was I would say about the glory kills, I really love the glory kills, and I'm not going to stop doing them, but there's been a, maybe one or two times where I glory kill something, and, like, I think Trevor said, and we maybe over talk spoke over him but he was saying like you don't take any damage while you're doing the glory kill but there's been a couple times where i glory kill an enemy and either the next wave of enemies spawns while i go into that animation or what i don't know what happens but i i get out of the glory kill and i'm immediately surrounded by like enemies and it's just like well ggs because it, some of these enemies like the the big blimpy one those things kill you in one shot. They just bite you in half. And so I've been killed by that. And I've been killed by the big, like, demon Satan-looking thing with the horns as well. Because I go from, you know, if you kill a certain enemy with a glory kill in the next wave and it just happens to be the elite enemies and you just happen to be by one of their spawn points, there's nothing you can do about it. They're They're on top of you already. So... That was like another thing. It's like a slight knock, but I, I 
it, it's it hasn't happened enough to make me like think it's a thing. I just was like I was in a bad situation, and it just so happened that that happened, and not that that's indicative of like that's the game's fault or anything. I think the only other thing, uh, so we spoke about the weapons, the, pit, the 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 upgrade system, which I didn't know this, but uh, every weapon has its own upgrade um, tree. Uh, uh, yeah, tree. So you, when you pick up a weapon, you can choose one of two upgrades, and once you choose that, then you can, or you can even just upgrade the base weapon, I guess. But I didn't know that you could choose both. Things Greg told me that I thought you had to choose one or the other. You know what I mean, Trevor? Can you use both of them at the same time? He was saying you just toggle them with the, the D pad. You just do up or down on the D pad to switch to the other oh. alternate fire. Yeah. So yes, that's what it is. Alternate fire. So every gun has a main method of shooting and an alternate fire. So I think he was saying like um, I think like the assault rifle, um heavy assault rifle, you can either add a scope on it, which is what I did, or the other one is to add it so it can shoot missiles. Well, I thought once I chose the scope, I was locked out of being able to do the missiles, but apparently you can do both. You just you just toggle between having missiles or having the scope. So I did not know that. Because uh, I, I think another one is like the rocket launcher. You can either choose to have it like... Re- you can detonate it when you shoot it, so you can kind of shoot a rocket and choose when you want it to explode. Or the other one is to uh, like lock it on, like have it lock onto enemies. Which that kind of makes me hope that there's a new game plus, but I don't think there is. Because um, I actually would like to kind of go without, through without saying too much. You can always go back and like you keep go everything. Get... Yeah, you keep everything. So if you go back to the level select or whatever. You can, you know, get I was like, even if I start from the first, like, level, I still keep everything that I've unlocked to that point. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I... Well, you can also start a new game, which will, you know, start it from scratch. But if you wanted to on that save, you can do level select. Gotcha. Yeah, because I think I probably might go back and get all the secrets to a couple of the first levels or whatever, just to see what it's like to have all the... If anything extra happens... Um, cause I did, did you guys run into the secret where you could play the old game? No, no. Oh, you're talking about that one freaking room, right? Well, every, so I, I was reading and I think every level has a room like that. Oh, word? Yeah, so every level has a lever. Did you run into any, Trevor? Um, I did the runes, but not the, the one. No, okay, had. yeah. So every level has a... As far as I know, every level. I've only ran into it once. But um, um, it has, like, a lever that you can pull. And then um, you pull it, and then you just hear something happening. And then you're just like, okay. And then I was in an arena, so I just started running around. And I looked, and I saw, like, a little corridor nook. And it was, like, in the old game style, the original Doom style. So it was like, it was super jarring because there was like a little lava pit that I had to jump over to get into that room and I jumped over and then I was just in, like my character was in first person, so my gun and everything was in 3D, like the actual game, but then my environment around me was like super flat in the old art style. And all it was was like a, um, 
it was just a, a, another room. The, the, this particular one was just another room that had some ammo and health packs, and I was already full up, so I didn't pick up anything. But it, it was it was really cool. Like I, I, I want to find all of them for because <laughs> I was like, man, this is really cool. And apparently, you can um, unlock uh, some other things that are in that old style as well. So I've been trying to do as many challenges, or not challenges, but secrets as I can, because I want to try to find another one of those. Because it's super jarring to find it, but really, really cool to get one in. Have, to you get noticed, one. have you noticed when you pick up the collectibles, it changes the depth of field? Like, huh? so it focuses, like when you pick up the Oh, yeah, it zooms in on the, the item. Yeah, and, and everything yeah. behind you gets blurry. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Um, there was a... just quickly back on those rooms. It, it's just so cool. It is like Mark is saying. It's it's really jarring and like you're like, what the heck just happened? And like the first time it happens, you're just not gonna know what to do. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, why is everything super retro looking? And it's it doesn't it make you like, like appreciate games and where we're at now. Because I'm like, dude, like. This everything looks so bad, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like so it's the retro stuff, but it's also super like HDified at the same time. So it it kind of looks really clean in a way that I kind of like. I'd like to see a game in this style done. Uh, I don't know if I would, but I I, I feel you. I, I I like the juxtaposition of the two. I, I really I'm here for that. And the one thing I want to do though is I want to like I think. I don't know if you have to collect it or if it's maybe you unlock it when you beat the game, but I do want to look at like the the glow. <laughs> what do we? What is the thing that's going on with social media right now? Uh, the the before and after challenge or whatever. Oh, um, what do you? The decade aging, challenge or whatever. The aging challenge where people are like posting like their first profile picture versus their most recent one. So you're seeing like what somebody, how somebody's looks have changed in a dozen plus years. And I want to see that with these characters, the, the, the enemies you're facing. Because um, that Doom Blimp thing that I'm having issues fighting is a super iconic Doom enemy. And I want to see like what all of the enemies look like then and now. And maybe even over the, the iterations, the different iterations, the different games. I'd like to see like, like how the, they blew um, up. Like <laughs> I want to see the blow up. anniversary. Um, yeah, yeah, like that. That would be cool, but also, like, dude, there. Halo is one thing. There's no way they could go from you just easily jumping from Doom, uh, the original Doom to Doom 2016. You know how flat those walls are, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they added, like, I, I don't think there was jumping in the original Doom, I feel like. And. No, there wasn't. No. Yeah, like, I, I, there wasn't jumping, and there was. Um, Obviously, with no jumping, there's no climbing up mechanic, which is also just something that is not in a lot of shooters. It's it's yeah. pretty much you just jumping ledges. So I was about to say that is a, a very underrated skill. I love that so much, so much. <laughs> Who knew that using your hands in a shooter would be so <laughs> revolutionary? <laughs> you know. Um, is there any? Uh, and it's so funny, like. How well they've kept the heart and soul of what Doom is, but at the same time managed to do more than 90% of shooters on the market as far as, like, making it innovative and different. 
Yeah, dude. It's... Like, you still have the original Doom at the core of this game, but at the same time, everything is just so insane and feels like more modern than most modern-day shooters, if that It's makes like sense. the perfect marriage for, like, how do you make a game that appeals to the old people while also, like, new new players will also want to play it, you know? And I feel like this game does a masterful job of doing that. Yeah. And, like, I uh, honestly <laughs> want to um, increase the difficulty on it because it feels too easy. But this game does everything that a lot of games just kind of forget about. Like, the, I like the concept of not having, like, regenerating health. But because you get health back from enemies, it makes me want to get right back into combat. And like Marcus was saying earlier, I like it, or I I appreciate the times where you're not like doing like idle um, kind of story driven stuff because the combat in this game is so good. It just makes you want to hop right back in. <laughs> and honestly, I think you'll appreciate the game even more once you turn up the difficulty. Like I was kind of weary about it, but Brad from Giant Bomb, he kept insisting, he's like, no, play this game on Ultra Violence, and then you will see, like, all of the mechanics, all of the things they put into this game coming into use, and hearing Marcus talk about it just kind of, like, solidified that in my mind, where you have to, you have to strategize in this game, it's not just, hey, how skillful am I at shooters, it's not about getting headshots, it's about okay, I need to take out this enemy, I need to take out this enemy, I need to manage my health with these enemies, I need to use my chainsaws sparingly, but I also need to use it more than I probably That's <laughs> normally use chainsaws yes, in a video yes. game. <laughs> so I'm the other way where I'm like super like, yo, I'm pro chainsaw in video games. I'm pro chain. I F with the, the chainsaw the long way. <laughs> and like... You can't use it like that in this game because it has, you know, it has the, the, the gas mechanic. But, so I would, like, use it earlier on, and I'd use it before I need ammo, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, wow, I'm such a dummy. If I use the chainsaw later on when I'm low on ammo, then I can just use whatever I need to use to kill the last batch of enemies. And it completely, like, now I'm like, man, maybe I wouldn't have had as much issues with ammo and all that if I would have changed up my entire strategy for how I was approaching fights. And I don't know. It's this game is too good. Like the the combat It makes game. you <laughs> it makes you use every mechanic in a way that games rarely do. Yeah. Most games allow you to just be like, oh well I don't really feel like using grenades and I can, you know, make my way through the level with this weapon or whatever. No, this game it's like you are going to use everything we give you, and you're going to learn to like it. Even if you don't like it now, you're going to learn to like it by the time you're done. You need to. <laughs> yeah, and and going back to the weapon balance, everything is balanced in a way that nothing is overly powerful, right? You can't just... And, and even as far as they don't give you enough ammo, you know, to where you can only use shotgun. You're going to have to use your assault rifle at some point. You're going to have to use... Uh, um, you know, the, um, what is it? I'm trying to think of that. Like rocket launcher. You gotta use it sometimes. Um, even the, the uh, they've got like a rail gun too, right? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. 
And it's also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The only thing I was going to say is two of the weapons, the, the, the shotgun, super shotgun, take the same ammo, and then the plasma rifle and the railgun take the same ammo too. So you also are making a choice when you use that weapon. It's like, this is ammo that is across two different two guns so am i choose am i it's even you have to be even purposeful when you choose that weapon because it's not like okay i'm going to use all my shotgun ammo then i'm going to use all my super shotgun ammo it's like no you have to choose between this one or this one so it has to you have to have a purpose when you choose that weapon which you don't have on a lot of games a lot of games it's just like oh well i'm using i mean this is not a knock on other games but in halo it's like oh i got the battle rifle i don't need anything else or you know i got the assault rifle or whatever i don't need to use anything else but in this game it's like okay like especially in the later difficulties it's just like oh like no i'm using the shotgun for this enemy i'm using the plasma rifle for this enemy you know like i always go in like with a purpose and like it's i i don't know i haven't played a game that's forced me to think about the guns i'm using as i'm using them and just kind of aping off of what you you two said it's almost that thing where you know it a lot in online shooters people are like oh so and so the akimbo shotguns in modern warfare 2 are overpowered or battle rifles overpowered or this is underpowered it feels like they're like well we don't really have a multiplayer component which they do technically have a multiplayer component in this game but it's made by a different team that's something for another episode but they essentially went into that balancing thing and said why don't we just make everything overpowered and that's kind of how it feels sometimes like every weapon feels so powerful and so good to use you never you're never like darn i got weapon like ammo for this gun it's like Oh man, I got you know ammo for this gun. Let me do some work. It's great, man. What you got, Trevor? You got it? Oh, I, I thought we had cut you. I thought we had cut Trevor off. So. Oh no. Okay. No, I just want to talk about this movie some more. <laughs> the only so other are thing... familiar with like the the lineage of the Doom games at all, like in terms of story. If they're connected to this one, or if it's just a complete, I think this reboot. is a reboot of the first game, isn't it? Yeah, I, I believe it's, loose, this loose. is set up as a reboot, right? Isn't mm, there's some pretty fascinating stuff going on in this game? Like, I don't think this is a spoiler, but when you get that suit, you see that the demons have made like this shrine around it, and they've pretty much been worshiping the return of the Doom Slayer, like. For whatever reason, he's kind of held up as a god for whatever reason in this, like, current 2016 iteration of Doom. The one thing... And there's a lot of stuff in the game that kind of reflects that. Yeah, the one thing... One of the things that I noticed was, um... It felt like... Okay, we're doing things a little different in 2019. So we're going to try to have shorter episodes. So part of that is we are going to try to not do story stuff on both episodes. Maybe we'll do story one episode and gameplay the other or whatever. So this is me saying this to the listeners. So it's not like there isn't a story for this game, but we will try to dedicate episode two for the story. But the one thing I will say is when you are in hell, there are a couple of uh, codexes that you pick up where they refer to this Doom guy almost like like a messiah, like Dante was saying. Or like, 
he's like a very uh, powerful. He's held in high regard. Is that what you're saying, Dante? Essentially, like he has some near religious clout in this current universe that he's in. Yeah, yeah, and I I think we'll we'll try to save more of that discussion for the next episode. I just I figured, hey, let's let's just make this declaration now. Like we're we know that we're aware there is a story in this game. We just let's let's just cover it the next episode. And another thing I'll say is, um, as far as shooters go, Doom is one of those that you don't expect to have any type of significant story whatsoever. So I was very taken aback when they tried to put this on Giant Bomb's best story for that year. But there's some things this game does that it goes places. It goes places, man, and they they do some really good writing. Like I normally don't read those little like codex entries or journal entries or whatever. But all of these are really top tier. Would you say it goes to hell and back? <laughs> oh, man. Did you get that one from, one from um, Riddick? <laughs> Actually, Riddick is a... That was a game based on a movie. This is a... This movie was based on the video. Oh, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> so there's no comparison. Um, I think the only other gameplay thing... Did you guys do the rune challenge rooms? Yeah. We did a few. How'd you guys feel about those? I think... Uh, they're fun. They're pretty fun. They're not too difficult. Um, yeah, like kind of a nice div- diversion. And, and the real reason you're playing the game is the combat anyway, and that stuff kind of highlights it. Uh, well, highlight and traversal, because there are some... Uh, there is some kind of time-based things where you're just kind of running instead of shooting. Um, mm-hmm. I found one room yeah. that was like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they've been pretty fun, and they give you, uh, you know, you get some perks with doing it, so I'm cool with them. It made me think of um... <sighs> Transistor, Transistor. <laughs> <laughs> where it was like, all right, here's this weapon, here's this specific way you have to play so oh here's the shotgun you have to kill 20 enemies in 20 seconds uh using the shotgun and explosive barrels and every kill you get adds two seconds to your time or something like that and i've done all but one that i've like i missed one i guess but i've done all the other ones and it's even cool how they do it in the game where it's like they once you do a challenge room you get basically like a room that you can that upgrades your character and they're like super basic. They're not like game breaking or anything, but so like there's one that allows you to, um, suck up, uh, armor and ammo and shields from a further distance. So you don't necessarily have to walk over it to pick it up. And there's one that, um, makes your grenades, uh, they call it, Equipment, which is like another knock I have on this game, is like they use some terminology that isn't really intuitive to like. They they call it equipment in this game, and they refer to grenades as equipment. They never refer to it as a grenade, and so there are some armor upgrades that you can do, suit upgrades that refer to your equipment. And I was like, I had to Google like, what does this mean? Because I just had no idea. 
um, but that makes that stronger. There's one that um, allows you to enter into your glory kills from a further range than you can by default. So they're not like game breaking or game changing that much, but um, it looks like there are, I would say maybe about a dozen or 14 runes total. And I think I've done seven, six or seven at this point. And uh, I think it's kind of cool. Like once you, so like, I think the ammo sucking one, yeah so that one once it has you've sucked up 500 units of whatever then you buff that thing so it gets better and it becomes like stronger uh it once you've uh killed i think one of the ones i had to do was kill um 35 or 50 enemies with the extended glory kill range which i'm working on now that would make that even better so I can enter that in from an even further range. So it like you can kinda promote the games the gameplay at the game style, I guess, the way you want to play. And I think that's really cool. And I'm here for that. Um correct me if I'm wrong or I guess not even if I'm wrong, but is there any way to like catch enemies on fire and stuff like that? Like make light them on fire? Yeah. I can't remember if that's a mechanic in this one. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I'm watching the Doom Eternal trailer, which um, they're making a sequel to this game we're playing through right now. I think it's scheduled for 2019 this year. So it looks like they've added some type of thing where you can like catch enemies on fire. There's like a wall climbing mechanic. There's a lot of really neat stuff going on. That sounds cool. So, yeah... Any more Doom is good Doom as far as I'm concerned. Second. Do we have anything else gameplay-wise or any questions you guys had? I think uh, we pretty much answered a lot of questions that I had written down, so I don't feel particularly inclined to rehash any of that. Um, well, Dante, do you have a question before you leave? Is he gone? Uh, not today. Not today? Okay. Alright, well... Dang, this is kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> do, do you got anything, Greg? Um, or did we get any emails, I guess? Um, no emails, but... Uh, <clears throat> you know, you guys can hit us up uh, at mischeckpoints at gmail.com or uh, you can also uh, hit us up on Twitter at mcheckpoints. Uh, we post most of the stuff there. Show, show will be there, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll start making some. I think we have a few tweets there, but but uh, but yeah, we'll try and get that a little bit more active. All right, you got anything, Trevor? Or I'm sorry, I already asked you that. Where can people find you at, Greg? I'm like, this is New Year, and I don't even know what I'm doing now. You know, <laughs> New Year, new me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Facebook is the same, Boombox Hero. And on Twitch, which uh, we've got a schedule now, so I stream Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday's kind of whatever days. Um, but anyway, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegroX. Where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on Twitch and Mixer. Um, if I do increase the difficulty, 
on Doom, I'll most likely stream it just for giggles. Um, are you going to start over, or are you just picking up where you left off? I will probably start over. Okay. Because um, I think the majority of my deaths that happened um, in this game have been at the very beginning before I got used to the movement speed and kind of the weapons and all that. But now that I know how to play it, I've been, or I don't think I've died in the last couple of missions. So I'll probably end up increasing the difficulty and starting all over. All right. But, I actually, but, uh, I forgot I had a gripe too. I had one more gripe, but Dante's not here. So I, I don't have anybody to run that off of. He's still gone. Damn. I was hoping he'd come back <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find Dante on his stream at twitch.tv slash awaken cloud um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he uses uh, that for his I think that's his Facebook as well Twitter but um, yeah so I, I don't know what his stream schedule is but he does stream a lot so you can check him out and then you can find me at potato salad on Facebook and Twitter um yeah, the thing I wanted to say that I've been experiencing was that, um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh my god. Blank on. Dante, what is something, <sighs> I was t- talking to you about it before, Greg, before the show, and I was saying it was a, a thing that I didn't really, oh my god, oh yeah, okay, so... Are you are you still here, Dante? I am. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to say about this game, I don't think it's a game problem. It's maybe a me problem, but I can't play this game for long periods of time. So maybe it's motion sickness. No, or... it's it's just I play it one one mission at a time. So I'll do a mission, and then I'll just save and quit, and then I'll come back later, maybe like a couple hours later, and play. So I never, besides the first two missions, because they were a lot longer, or excuse me, shorter, like it's like the opposite issue I'm having now with Dead Cells, where Dead Cells, I can play like six, seven hours straight if I wanted to, but this game, I play a mission, which typically I'm, I'm playing a mission for maybe about an hour or so. And after I beat it, then I save and exit. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll come back in like 40, 50, not even 40, 50 minutes, like four or five hours later. So like I did that for every single, every single mission after mission two. And I don't know why. I just have no desire. And it's like, I, I, I feel like not exhausted, but I just have no desire to keep playing after I beat a mission. I'm like, oh, that was good. I'm good. And I don't know, maybe it's just like I'm just slow dripping the the combat to my veins or something. <laughs> I don't really know why. It's a really weird specific thing, but I that's I, I don't know why, but I, I can't play the game in like long sittings. Maybe it's just too intense. I, I have no idea, but because I, I kind of from what I remember, I kind of played this game in relatively short bursts as well, but it's all that orange. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm interested to see if you feel the same way, Trevor. Um, I don't think we necessarily play games the same way, but I'd be interested to know if... I mean, if that's how I play games already, is in short bursts. Oh. Uh, well, it's different, too, because you have familial responsibilities now. 
Are you 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 said you're going to start playing for part two, right, Dante? Um, let's see. I am 32 gigabytes into a 59 gigabyte download right now. So you'll be playing in no time. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, all this talk got me really hyped up. So I'll be interested to know if you, especially if you're playing on the same difficulty or in the next difficulty up, I'd be interested to know if you do that as well. Cause like, cause I, I feel like if I was miss if, if it took me like 30 minutes and I wasn't like, I think it's because I'm so tied to finding all the collectibles that, that, that adds time. And if I die in arena a couple times, that also adds time. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's artificially lengthening my playthrough of a level. So maybe a level would normally take like 20 or 30 minutes, but because of the time I spent roaming, for collectibles and retrying arenas that that just and I'm doing all the runes and all that stuff that maybe it's just like oh that extra 20 minutes of running around and doing all this extra stuff is like making me feel like oh I've got everything I need out of this game right now I'll be back when I need to feel that scratch that itch again yeah I feel like the levels are very meticulous in giving you that full five course meal there yeah there is no level where it's like oh well you don't have this thing so you well i guess really they're only the first couple levels i guess you don't have a double jump but they're not built to where you need a double jump but once you get the double jump then i just feel like oh oh you have access to all the tools you need in order to get around all you needed was the jump there's not like a jetpack or anything like that so you're good to go Okay, well, last call. Anything else anybody has to say? Um, do you want a question? I can think of one. I mean, sure. Har, har, har. Uh, if you could revitalize any franchise from the 8 to 16-bit era and give it a new what I'm trying to say. So, you're going to revive it, but it's not going to be a one-to-one remake, which I guess, duh, it wouldn't be a one-to-one rebate if it was an 8-16-bit to 16-bit thing. But, um, if you were just going to, like, do an all-out reboot of an 8-to-16-bit franchise, what would it be? That hasn't already been done? Yes. And it's up to this level of remake and quality and budget. Uh, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me would be like I, I don't even know if it's like even possible it would be like Chrono Trigger maybe uh, Ooh. just to see them kind of expand on like the multiple endings and like kind of how crazy that game gets with all that stuff and like you know maybe kind of figure out a, a new way of doing the uh, active time battle system in that game and all that other stuff. It'd be cool to see them do that. That game's kind of a predecessor to Final Fantasy XV the more I think about it. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Oh. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Uh, so Greg gave an RPG, so let me give something that's not an RPG. Like, the only games I can think of that I've even played probably be either Link to the Past or, like, well, I never played Super Metroid. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have one. 
what if um so i'm gonna kind of rescind what i said like if the franchise is still alive you can still have a reboot of the 8 to 16 bit version of it if that makes it any easier for you guys I mean, if we're being... <sighs> you know what? I'm just going to go ahead because I don't really have a good answer myself. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with Ice Climbers because I really like those characters. And I think there would be something to a two-player cooperative platforming experience. So for me, both of these games are games that I loved playing as a kid. And I think... Both of them have had remakes relatively recently, though they have both been pretty unsuccessful. But for me, I would say Double Dragon would be one, specifically Double Dragon 2, though Double Dragon 3 is okay, but Double Dragon 2 is the sweet spot for me. And then uh, the other game is Contra, but more specifically Contra 3 for the Super Nintendo. I love that game. And um, I think, like I said, both of those games, there was a Double Dragon remake, Double Dragon Neon or whatever, which I do have, and it's fine. Um, And then Contra had Contra 4 on the DS. Um, Both of those games were basically remakes in the original art style, or, you know, that style as well. So they weren't like modern 3D interpretations of those games. But those would be fun, though I will say that both of those games are arcade slash couch co-op style slash beat-em-up. You know, like they're basically genres of games that people don't play anymore. So it'd be interesting to see those genre, those games be remade and see if that like revives or sparks any interest in those genres because people don't play those types of games. They don't make those types of games no more. So, yeah, those are my, I guess, two. Let's say now that you mention it, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Turtles in Time. <laughs> Didn't they remake Turtles in Time for Xbox Arcade or something like that? Or? I thought they came out with it on 360, but maybe they didn't. Actually, no, they came out with the original the, uh, one, didn't they? Yeah, uh, it was the Re- original arcade. Oh, game. no, you're right, Dante, you're right. It's a remake called Turtles in Time Reshelled. Really? Yep. Yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. Turtles that in Time Reshelled. Dang, Trevor, step your game up. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, like, all your dreams are already the other game. Off. The other games that I would say would be sports games, but they've also remade all the sports games that I like. So like, freaking RBI Baseball and Tecmo Bowl and NBA Jam. I guess they need to do Blades of Steel. That'd be the other one. <laughs> Nobody said Battletoads, but that's getting remade. Yeah. So all these games are getting remade, man. Uh, all right there was one more Bomberman like I hesitantly say Bomberman because they tried to do a um, Bomberman reboot for the Xbox 360 that was known as Bomberman Act Zero and is probably one of the worst, video games. worst regarded games of all time and I'm not even being hyperbolic about you that. know what a game that they did remake and it was a fantastic remake of the original that was equally fantastic is Bionic Commando um, we should play Bonnet Commando Rearmed, uh, guys. We should all put it on our list. Oh. 
and uh, I don't know about that. I'm oh. <laughs> and uh, might be out for that. Bond one. Commando rearm coming to Miss Checkpoint soon. Um, we love you guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Be on the lookout for more Bonnet Commando content. Uh, we're Miss Checkpoints, and we're out. Peace.